Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. For her 80th anniversary, we're covering everyone's favorite Amazon princess, Wonder Woman. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smithereens. I'm Clifton. And uh, we have a special treat today. We have one more joining the conversation. Writer, sometimes podcaster, devourer of worlds, and longtime friend of the show, Devon Sanders. Woohoo! Hey, what's up? What's up, man? Thanks for being here. Hey, no problem. Happy to be here. We've been uh, so we've been talking about doing this for a long time. So we're super thrilled to have you on here for our listeners. Devon really, really knows his stuff, and he's especially well versed in Wonder Woman. So this is a perfect topic to have him here for. So make yourself at home. All right, buddy. All right. Um, but Frank, I'm going to kick it off to you so you can go over a little bit of the character's publication history. Sure. Uh, Wonder Woman was created by William Moulton Marston. Her first appearance was in All-Star Comics number 8 back in December of 1941. She then appeared in Sensation Comics in January of 42. And then she finally received her own comic in the summer of 42, six months later. Uh, Wonder Woman has basically been in, in regularly published and had about five regular series. Is that about right, Devon? Uh, yeah, about five. Okay. I don't know why it sounded less. It sounded like there should have been more than that, but it might have just been my mind being like maybe a mini series or something that was out of place. But yeah, five regular series since she started her debut back in uh, 41. Which, and that's, that's a big deal, even though it sounds like sort of like, yeah, okay. Um, I mean, basically, like from the golden age, there's basically Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman. Right. Right. right? Or like the only characters that have been in constant publication since, since in this case, 1941 till now. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so this is cool. She's 80. Uh, I figure like we did with the Fantastic Four celebration we did last week, we'll go around and share our first encounters with Wonder Woman, how we first uh, met the character and when she started making an impact on us. So, Devon, let's start with you. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure my first interaction with Wonder Woman was most likely Super Friends, but it really didn't leave an impression on me. Um, (laughs) So... What did leave an impression on me was uh, uh, Linda Carter's Wonder Woman for so many, so many reasons. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, So many reasons. We could get into those reasons, and that's why we're here, to get into those reasons. (laughs) But uh, I just remember just being mesmerized by, like, uh, Linda Carter um, because this thing should have been silly, but she was so earnest in her Wonder Woman that I had to take it so seriously. And I was only like five at the time that it came out, but I knew that it was something special. I knew I was seeing something special. And I think the reason that it connected with me is it was something that I realized when I was in my thirties was because the very first episode starts with her engaging with her mother. And it really hit me. I was like, oh, my God, we're both the, the we're the children of, of we're products of single parent households. And I remember <laughs> okay. sitting there going, yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> there's there's no Uncle Ben. There's no Pa Kent. There's there's just her mother. And that's where she got like most of like her values and and. I just really connected with that. So that was that was definitely the first place I, I remember seeing Wonder Woman. Wow. That's an awesome story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a great like, no, I mean, in, in right in there and what you're saying, like you, you just pointed something out that never occurred to me. I'm like, yeah. wow, you're right. So many instances. It's it's you're right. Uncle Ben, Pa Kent. It's the dad, Thomas Wayne. Right. It's yeah. the mm-hmm. dad. Always the dad. Always the dad. And this one, it's mom. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, wow, it should be more obvious, but like, <laughs> huh? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, if you can't find something within that, even if you come from a two parent household, whatever, uh, you know, there's, I just think that there's something broken within you. If you can't find <laughs> some common ground with wonder woman. <laughs> right. So Frank, how about you? Well, the guest stole my thunder. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're not the only one. No, you got to follow up. Because I, I too, um, first encountered Wonder Woman in, well, it was, I'll, I'll put it to you, it was definitely for sure Super Friends. And then um, I had the treasury of the Super Friends, the, the one with the Alex Toth framing sequence and stuff. 
Mm. It's got a lot of Justice League reprints in it. Okay. But the rest of it is just done like, you know, with Wendy and Marvin drawn by Alex Toth and then the rest <laughs> of the Justice League. So that's where I remember like first encountering comic book wise, but the show was definitely like the first place I remember seeing her. And then of course, Linda Carter, um, Linda Carter, Wonder Woman. And I agree with Devon, like going back, I recently watched it and I, with it, with my daughter, um, watching Wonder Woman, the live action, the Linda Carter one. And it's, she plays it. It's not even necessarily playing it straight is I agree that there's the earnestness of her and the, and the fact that, while the world around her seems like they're reacting to her, she's very much like, no, this is, this is who I am and this is how things are as she makes her way through the world. So yeah, I, 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 those are basically, those are mine. I mean, you know, I don't have to think of as any other place I might've seen her. I think maybe I got, you know, every now and then I would get a wonder woman comic and like a three pack of those, those old Whitman comics, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't seek her out, but at the same time I would get one, be like a oh, cool wonder woman or in justice league or whatever. But yeah, mainly it was Super Friends and, and uh, the Linda Carter Wonder Woman show. Okay. Tommy, you're up. Oh, I, I can't even uh, deviate from what they said. <laughs> it's the <laughs> same thing. But but for me, it wasn't that I stumbled onto the show. At that age, my grandmother ruled the uh, TV set. <laughs> and, and despite what I liked, I didn't like, this is what I watched. And gotcha. she watched that show from start to finish. Mm. And it wasn't even a question if she liked it or not. I mean, excuse me, if 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 it was a comic book or not, it just simply was. And I agree with the earnest of how she played the character. It. I don't care where you were, or what you thought of comic books. I, I can't tell you a person who thought ill of it. It's almost like discussing um, Superman played by Christopher Reeves. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are mm-hmm. or what you were doing or what you even thought of comics. No one can say ill of that show or what it encompassed. Um, and it even made, uh, it more miraculous and what they put into it. Like the whole bit where she changes clothes, where she spins. Yeah. It was weird mm-hmm. when I didn't see it happen, you know, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> as opposed to questioning that they did it. And, mm-hmm. and, and whatever she went across or tried to get done, it just felt natural of her trying to do good or do well. I didn't feel like any other person needed to be in that universe except her. Right and what they encompassed. I mean, I I even remember when they brought um her sidekick in, you know. Yeah. And it, again, it just felt real. It just felt honest. And at a time where I can't even begin to tell you how many live action superhero shows there were at that time, all I remembered was that and her being. In fact, it was it's surprising because you reminded me of Super Friends came out the same time, but I didn't put the two of them together. I never wondered. <laughs> You know, right. where's Batman or Superman? It's just like, nah, this is Wonder Woman. This is how it should be. So, yeah, I would say my first interaction with her was Linda Carter, uh, Wonder Woman show. All right, Clifton. Mine are pretty much the same. Um, <laughs> we're, all, we're all in a certain generation, so we're hitting the same yeah. things. But it does, it also goes, I mean, it, it's just one of those weird things, whereas as conic as Wonder Woman is, that like her appearances outside of comics was so limited for how iconic it is. And it's, it's mind boggling that she went so long without a feature film. That's just crazy. Right. But, but yeah, it was like, like super friends probably. And, uh, cause I did grow up on that. And then the, and also the Linda Carter show. Cause I remember sitting around with that, watching it with my sister, with my family all growing up and it was just something everybody enjoyed. And, and yeah, like the spinning around to change in the costume was, such an iconic thing kids would do everywhere i remember yep, yep. uh but yeah i don't have much more to add just because like everyone else is taking all the good stuff <laughs> <laughs> right mine um wasn't really either uh and and one Roman's kind of a weird one for me because it's like i kind of don't remember what my interaction was with like you know she's so iconic that it's just like one of those things where like, she just kind of like, she's just sort of there in pop culture. So like, I, right. I, I didn't really watch super friends a whole lot, like as a kid, mm-hmm. um, really, or the Linda, Linda Carter stuff. Honestly, I think mine is probably like the superpowers toy. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. like, which, which I was so young for those too. I mean, th- those might've been just like hand-me-downs that my brother had. I don't know, right. but this is for all of my stories of like, like my cousin got me this or my brother got me this. I think this one was mom. I really do. I think, okay. I think mom like, like explained to me like, no, no, this is wonder woman. And this is what, like, she's got the lasso of truth and, you know, and the invisible jet and all that stuff. And like, and that's really just kind of it. 
Like, right. um, you know, and then the rest of it is just sort of like it, it just sort of seeps into your subconscious through pop culture. Just, you know, the more the more you start to to get into comics and nerdy stuff, you start to realize that like she's kind of everywhere and like 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 the Ms. Magazine cover, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. We're like she's the first she's the first, <laughs> right? Like it is just sort of like to me, she's just, for that reason, she's such a she's so much more of a bigger comic book. Like she's so much bigger than comics. I'm trying to say. Yeah, right. right. Like she she passes that litmus test that 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 I have of like I can tell how big a character is if my grandmother knows who you are. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. And it's like right, you know, yeah. it's obviously like she's she's you know, I think I think you're hard pressed to think of another certainly female superhero that's bigger than Wonder Woman. Right. At least yeah. in this country. Yeah. So she definitely passed the mom test for you. Like if your mom knows like yeah. what her deal is, then that's how saturated it's become. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. So I, I've asked Devon to sort of come with the list of, um, recommend recommendations as far as like recommended, like reading for Wonder Woman, which we will get into later on in the show. But, um, what is it about the character that you think has been so enduring over 80 years? Uh, I think that with Wonder Woman, the thing that stands out most to me is, uh, she does what a lot of superheroes want to do but it just comes natural to her she inspires Mm -hmm. um much like superman she inspires like you look at her and it's like oh okay i need to level up sort of when you look at her um you don't necessarily do that with batman because you're like well i can't be a billionaire with a complex um Mm -hmm. with wonder woman you could just kind of go oh, this is a good person. She wants to do right. Mm-hmm. That's something that I, I think I can actually do. And you don't necessarily need a batarang in order to do that. <laughs> um, you can just be kind-hearted. And so, yeah, there's just a lot of dignity within Wonder Woman, the character. And I think that a lot of people tend to want to reflect that. that that's why I think if you think of like, cosplay almost like immediately outside of like um the easy ones like okay i'll just paint put white paint on my face and now i'm the joker Mm -hmm. like you instantly go to oh my god there's going to be a lot of like wonder women whenever you go to a convention because it is one i think it's probably one of the most comforting images out there along with superman where it's like I, I can't say that there's not a kid who will look at someone dressed in a, a Wonder Woman cosplay and not want to just like wander up to her and, and just start asking questions. Um, so, yeah, uh, all that to say, I think that Wonder Woman is a very comforting character. And I think that's why a lot of people tend to, to gravitate towards her, myself included. There's a lot to unpack in what you were saying there. And I think what's kind of cool is that for so many things that we think that, that we take as that we latch on to her as like iconic and being parts of what is an essential Wonder Woman story. Mm-hmm. Like really though, it does like, you don't need the lasso in every story. You don't no, need you the don't. invisible jet in some versions. It doesn't it, like, and I just think that that's, that's such an interesting thing. I mean, you can do that with Batman, but Right. But it's hard. Like you so rarely get a Batman story without like the stuff that we associate Batman with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just think that that's kind of neat that Wonder Woman, like she's strong enough as a character that she can sort of be without all the things that everybody knows her with. And it still works. Yeah. If that makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. I went through and I was uh, it was because, you know, we're we're here talking about Wonder Woman. And we're five men. <laughs> right, right. And I was I was trying really hard to, to to talk to my wife and my sister-in-law and like go to my friends that have like like daughters and stuff and kind of see like how big a character is like like is Wonder Woman for them. Mm-hmm. And there does to me seem to be a little bit of a generational gap because like the people generally like our age, like they're they're all like, yeah, Wonder Woman was a huge deal for me growing up because she was the only like basically like female superhero out there. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Which isn't true. She wasn't the only one, but she was the only one at a certain level, which I think is an interesting thing to point out. But the thing that I kind of got from all my friends that have young, young daughters is they were like, 
it's she's really not quite a big deal anymore to us right because it's just like it's it's more disney princesses it's frozen it's stuff right. like that now that's sort of like like come about and and i am always curious um this is this is a celebration of the character but i'm i am always curious so i want to get your guys point of view i'm like do you think dc is doing a good enough job making the character accessible to like young girls i feel like frank is the most qualified to answer this one of us <laughs> having a young girl himself. Well, I mean, in some ways I would say yes. In some ways I would say no. I mean, there's stuff like the DC superhero girls, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing that my daughter loves, you know, she loves watching that show. And then um, i trying to think, but as far as like, you know, there's a lot of young reader books, you know, that are like the, the, like mm-hmm. the old school kind of illustration and then and text, you know, there's also some, but as far as like, are you talking about like DC comics or Warner brothers? I mean, Either or, it's all the same to me, really, in this instance, I feel like, you know. I mean, I, you know, again, it's one of those things where I think about the fact that, that, you know, we've had, you know, we've had uh, a Batman, a Superman, a Justice League, a Batman Beyond, and no Mm. solo Wonder Woman animated. Mm. Mm. Right. I'll even go so far as to say um, there's more choices, like what you were saying earlier, Zach, because to me, I hate to say it, but Harley Quinn has more of a push than Wonder Woman. Yeah, I agree with because, that too. Mm, okay, that's interesting. Harley Quinn has gotten a movie. Uh, Harley Quinn has now gotten an animated feature that has gotten yeah. to uh, is approaching the second season, and that same notoriety that we used to see in Wonder Woman during our age, it's definitely pushed for Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, I'd argue to okay. say uh, more than Wonder Woman was ever pushed. I I I would definitely agree with you. Say that DC dropped the ball on its significance because. It, it it comes in bursts and it's never something solid like what we get from Superman or Bat uh, and Batman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all, it also, I mean, along those lines, when I, when I say things that are, that are not the reason why I think is the other reason is, you know, nothing against like say black widow or captain Marvel or any of those characters, but right. You know, the fact that there wasn't more of a push for, I mean, we had Linda Carter show, which is, you know, which is great for the character. Mm-hmm. And then she was in other things mm-hmm. beyond that. Right. right. That was like the one time yeah. she got, she got her own solo deal was that one show. And then they never did, you know, there's no talk. There's talk of a movie every once in a while. There's talk of maybe, well, I mean, there was that pilot with Adrian Pilecki. Was that right? Her name? Yeah. For WB. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was just the pilot that didn't really go anywhere. And then, um, but like I said, otherwise it's just up until uh, Gal Gadot, it's been, you know, it's been pretty much, you know, like I said, she's been in, she's been a part of other things. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. She's in the Justice League cartoon, but she's not she's not guest starred in any Superman episode or anything, which always mm-hmm. struck me as what? as a strange thing. You know what I mean? Sure. Well, I mean, because especially especially when you when you look back on the like, you know, you look back on what the animated series at one point was going to be for Superman before they launched on they latched on the idea of using the fourth world and dark side. You know, it was supposed to be a rollout for kind of a backdoor pilot every other week, like doing DC Comics Presents to get to, to Justice League. Right. And right. there was no, there's no, you know, we get Aquaman, we get Flash, um, we get Green Lantern, um, you know, a couple of Batman episodes, but there's no Wonder Woman solo or, or team up, I should say, episode right. for that show, yeah. which is odd. And in all of the DC straight to animated stuff, they did, they gave her one. She frontlines, it's a good one. she headlines mm-hmm. one. And then it's a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the story is that it didn't sell as well as the others. And so that's why they deemed not to make more. But then, I've heard in the long run, like it is one of their best sellers. Eventually, it just like yeah. like took the, some time. the sales just time. like slowly trickled in, but kept kept going for on and on. And they they did eventually go ahead and do a second one, but it took them ten years. Right, exactly. They're ten I mean, years apart, right? Like the one the one where Carrie Russell voices her comes out two thousand nine. It's like it's like the fifth or fourth animated movie in that series. Right, and then one comes out in the fall of 2019 and that's the second one right. yeah. bloodlines not a sequel it's just it's just yeah it's just the other time that they did a wonder woman solo movie right and it's it's good too you know it's a good it one is, too. it's very good yeah. yeah yeah i was i i came ready to recommend both of those but tommy yeah you you you, you threw a curveball at me with harley quinn because you're right like yeah i mean dc does push harley quinn a lot now mm-hmm. because i was coming equipped with the idea of like who do you think are the top two male superheroes in pop culture? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, my guess is that it would be some combination of it. Would be, it's either Batman, Superman or Spider-Man. Right. 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 And 
whoever your one is, whoever your two is, it really doesn't matter. I was going to ask, like, how much of a how much space do you think there is between one and two? Right. Mm-hmm. In my feeling, I, I in between the. Yeah, between between Superman, Batman, one, uh, Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, whoever you're one and two are, how much space and popularity do you think there is between those? Not much. Notoriety. Not a lot. Not much at all. Right. No. And then and then and then to to flip it to female superheroes, I'm like, I like I think you got Wonder Woman as as like your hard number one. And then I'm like, who's your number two? Mm-hmm. And how much space is there between her and number two? Whoever right. that is, right. you know. But yeah, I think, but Harley Quinn does seem to be the one that I think that they've pushed a lot, a lot harder. And I don't know if it's just that character's time at the moment, or if it's that she's like tangentially related to Batman. And so you get kind of like Mm. Joker and Poison Ivy stuff to play with. I don't know. But personally, I think it's just easier to do a a Mm. Harley Quinn um, because you have that whole Batman universe to play with. Um, You've got Gotham. You've got the Joker. You've got all kinds of connections that can be made with Harley. Whereas Wonder Woman is kind of like this singular creation that can exist by itself. Yeah. And doesn't really need a whole lot around it. Um, but chooses to actually step within the greater DC universe. Um, like she right. can be a member of like the JSA. She can be a member of the Justice League. She can be a member of uh, uh, Justice League Dark. And it all just works. Um, whereas like Harley Quinn, you can just kind of tell any sort of story with with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but with yeah. actual Wonder Woman, you have to kind of tell a specific story and it has to have a specific ending. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree completely. I think Yeah, there's there's just a lot less there's just a lot less ambiguity with Wonder Woman. Right. Right. Yeah. She doesn't have for whatever reason that people gravitate towards it, right? Like Batman has like like immense gravity on mm-hmm. all of his tangential things. And Wonder Woman, you know, it's like it's just her. And I don't mean that as a bad thing, but I've just like but it it does it does make for she she doesn't have a city that's essentially a third character. Exactly. Yeah. Right. She doesn't, <laughs> you know? right. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So it's like you have to personally, I think that you have to be a better writer. I think you have to be a better storyteller in order to tell mm-hmm. Wonder Woman stories. Much mm-hmm. uh whereas you can just kind of come in not really knowing much about Harley Quinn other than like, oh, she's like chaotic neutral. And just run from that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I agree with you a million percent about this because it's, it's, I I also think about it in terms of like, like what are the iconic Wonder Woman stories? And this is why I wanted you to come with a list of stuff too. Right. Because Mm -hmm. it's like, I think it's a lot harder to, to find that stuff just as a fan. Whereas like, you know, you, you start getting in the comics and you start getting in the comics that you start seeking out, like what are the seminal things? And you start to trip over, that there's this book called dark Knight returns and year one. And for the man who has everything. And it's like wonder woman. I feel like that stuff is a little harder to get to. Yeah. But I do think it's also that like that you're right. Like, I think you need a certain caliber of writer to go in there that can kind of jump into the character and make sense of, of kind of contradictions in the character. And I don't mean it as a bad thing, but I mean, but I feel like you, you need somebody that needs to sort of like reconcile all the facts that she's, She's a princess, but she's a warrior, but she's an advocate for peace. Like, (laughs) right. Like, like all this, like all the same things. And I feel like, I feel like just, just any writer doesn't make that like palpable to people. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? Oh, you're absolutely right. It's very hard to write a character who is preaching peace while like, uh, carrying a tank over their head. Um, (laughs) right. You know, it's it's just hard. It's a hard thing to do as opposed to and I don't want to just like uh, compare like just female characters, but it's it's so much harder to do than uh, my parents are dead. OK, <laughs> I'm going to throw yeah. a battering at you. Right. OK, now go to jail. Right. Um, no, Wonder Woman, it, there's a lot more going on where um, I wrote this thing. I think it was last year. Or it might have been this year. It's like with COVID, I can't even tell anymore. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> where I essentially made the argument that Wonder Woman is the 
pretty much the only character I can think of who actually doesn't have a rogues gallery where mm-hmm. she actually mm-hmm. does have a rogues gallery where it's like, okay, the cheetah, silver swan, right. uh, Veronica kale, but these are just characters who refuse to listen to the message. Like they're not her enemies. Like she no. doesn't like go out on patrol or anything and go, all right, I'm going to go out there looking for cheetah and see what she's doing. Right. right. It's more like wonder woman, just her message hasn't hit these people. Like they just refuse to listen to it. That's an interesting angle too. I, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's, she, she's, she's a tough character to get right. And I think also that, that, you know, I guess the elephant in the room is also the fact that like that, you know, that there's this thing called sexism out there mm-hmm. and that there's a lot of people in powerful positions that seem to think that something showcasing a woman as a focal character, like can't be successful. Exactly. Right? It's kind of, it's kind of how like, uh, there's no reason that there are, that there were two more Ghost Rider movies than Wonder Woman movies. Right. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah, exactly. It's just, and I think that it's sort of in a weird way, sort of like, because I I feel like anybody can write Batman because he's Mm -hmm. so like, he, like he almost tells you on the page, like, like this character's not going to do this, you know, when it's wrong. Right. On top of the fact he's so flexible that there's really no wrong either, but it's like, but I feel like the fact that Wonder Woman Right. Like you said, that there's more Ghost Rider movies than there are Wonder Woman movies. I feel (laughs) like in that way that there's not sort of this way of like the character has been out there in these big stories that everybody is ingested that now informs them like this is how the writer, this is how the character is supposed to sound. This is how the character is supposed to act in this situation, in that situation. And and yeah, I mean, it's just it's baffling to me on on some level, the the idea that. You know, we've had. How many Batman movies since 1989? How many Superman mm-hmm. movies since 1978? And it's like the Wonder Woman movie. Like I said, the other character that my grandmother knew mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't happen until 2017. Right, right. right. You know, but but my sister-in-law like put it like like in, in kind of great perspective where she's like, I think that there are just so many people in powerful positions that had opinions and hangups about doing it is that you needed 10 years of Marvel. Mm-hmm. to come out and just be successful yeah. every time that makes people go like, Oh, okay. I guess superhero movies are doing well. And I guess we can take a chance on making this one with a female lead. Right. And then here we go. But it's funny that you should mention Marvel or that she mentioned Marvel because they're guilty of the same thing. Um, I think uh, Devon was hit the nail on the head with society. Um, I don't think she's hard to write for if you think you can write a story. I think a lot of uh, Wonder Woman falls victim to is people thinking that they don't have to do anything with the character and it fell into certain places that the other ones didn't. Like you have people that couldn't wait to get their shot to do a Superman story, couldn't wait to get their shot to do a Batman story. It's, I don't hear about anyone saying I got the perfect Wonder Woman story for you. You know, it's mm, always right. it's to the mm-hmm. point that she always became ancillary. It's like she she almost checked the box similar to what. um. Black Widow is like it wasn't until the character goes to a certain length before we got the Black Widow story or for some reason they felt, oh, we should introduce Captain Marvel now or Miss uh, or used to be Miss Marvel. It, uh, mm-hmm. I, I firmly believe is more of a societal uh, uh, push or acknowledgement of what they weren't doing and what they should have been doing. And it's a, a bit of a course correct at this day and age, because mm-hmm. to me, uh, um, Carly, I, I find it weird that Harley jumps forward and never back her. Not to not to add more, uh, you know, more into it, but that's how I felt because Batman Batgirl was introduced when sixty six Batgirl, yeah, around then, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever, like whatever season two or uh, yeah. sorry, season yeah. three of sixty six, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but 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 going back to Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman has everything that you need in order to push a superhero forward. It's I, I just I, I I found it baffling that. You had to be reminded that she did. You had to be uh, uh, brought. Mm. It had to be pushed into your sense for you know your look forward. Uh, same with it. I find it amazing that um, after the strong run that Linda Carter gave, nothing. You know. Yep. Mm-hmm. My only thing was I think that the ten years of Marvel also did for DC was you know kind of show them that you don't have to make the same movie every time 
with the same tone mm-hmm. for every character. I think that's something that DC had to go through, you know, to see, you know, in front of them and see the receipts basically before they got the idea right. that, oh, we don't have to make every character a version of Batman. That's not what everyone wants in their superhero movies. And it took them a while and it took, a, you know, right. it took a couple of missteps for them to get to that point. But I think with Wonder Woman, it's one of those things where, you know, looking at that movie, especially the first one, you know, the tone is not, you know, she's not some kind of grim, dark character. <laughs> right. You right. Know, that that's not the take on that character at all. And it, it's great. Yeah. It works really well. Thankfully. Yes, yeah. of course. No, yeah. no, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think one, one thing about DC now that's giving me like, like unyielding amounts of enthusiasm and optimism about the character is that we're, we have Wonder Woman black and gold out mm-hmm. yeah, or coming out. Right. And so if yep. you're a comic fan, um, you might know Batman black and white, which is, you know, uh, it's an anthology series that kind of comes out every couple of years. Uh, and, and what you get is like all these awesome writers and artists teaming up to do sort of like eight page short stories on Batman. And they typically all center around like what's the central theme of the character, right? Like this is, this is where he gets his drive from. Right. And just a story that sort of like reiterates that. And DC is sort of for the longest time, it was just Batman, but now they've started to do like Superman, red, white, and blue. And the visual style sort of apes that a little bit. So like everything's done in like a red, white, and blue tone. Batman black and white was all like black, white, and gray tones later on. Wonder Woman black and gold is now like, I think these kind of stories are, it's almost like crowdsourcing like awesome takes on the character because now you're getting all these awesome teams doing just these short, quick bursts that are exploring the character, exploring this avenue of her, of her world, this avenue of her universe. And I just like, it makes me so happy that they're steering at it. Right. You know? Mm. Yeah, I mean, you were talking about before how her stories get, like, they have to be kind of more focused than the other stories. Like, she's got, like, she's got a mission, and that's what it's about. So, I mean, yeah, in those short ones you're talking about, like, it will be interesting to see just people dabbling into other stuff and see, like, where those stories go in the future. Like, people inspired by these, by those shorts. Mm -hmm. Like, I like to see what they'll do with them. Yeah, I I think that's what those books do really, really well, is that they can be a source of inspiration to people. But there's also like, there's, there's less stakes to, right. to like, to sort of like, to what are like, like, are, are we going to write a story that possibly messes something up? You know what I mean? Like you don't get as much of a, much of a, a, a sense of that. We're like, I think, I think the creators are free to play around a little bit yeah. and some things will stick and some things won't. And, and, you know, and that's fine, <laughs> you know? I was going to steer it a little bit towards the movie because I do think that that was like, like a seismic thing where like, again, like finally people were talking about her in a positive way mm-hmm. again, like, like, you know what I mean? The people that weren't in the comics, people that didn't watch the justice league show or, mm-hmm. you know, su- um, uh, superhero girls or something like that. And I just, um, so what is it about that movie? Do you think like works so well? Well, to me, I felt that, um, the period piece, because I remember Devon saying that um, her being in the Justice Society, so right. she's anchored to World War Two um, in such a passionate way, and and I thought that's why they went with that and the sequel because even though the show came out in the seventies, I think the eighties when it went into um, um, syndication is is why is why a lot of people glommed to it. So hence why she did eighty four. But I think it was the highlight of the character, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe, maybe I'm wrong, Devon, and um, thinking that's why they specifically positioned it to those two eras. Does that seem yeah, right, Devon, I, to you? I think you're right, yeah. Because I think a lot of people's first uh, uh, encounter with Wonder Woman was seeing her in the in a World War setting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because that's when they started the series, the TV series too, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do think in the movie they made it World War One instead of World War Two, just because right. uh, Captain America had already happened. So mm-hmm. uh, I, think that's, I think that's maybe why they shifted it there, but they kept the feel of it the same. So it still had the same feel yeah. from from what we knew of her from the comics and the show before. I think there's a little bit of a maybe a sense. I I, I don't want to put words in the creators' mouths, but I feel like that centering her in in a time period where like people were patriotic in that way sort of makes the outfit make sense. 
Mm -hmm. right? We can put her in red, white, and blue and stars and stripes. And it's sort of like if for some reason it seems easier to swallow like, (laughs) right? Like pre, (laughs) uh, pre 1960s. And it does now. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't feel quite as jingoistic as it would now. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things that gets me about it, too, was, Frank, like you're saying that she's not, you know, she's not dark. Right. Which, you know, I think I think just in superhero movies in general, I think that they can so easily go into that situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like I like that there is a. I like that there's a little bit of a of 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 a naiveness about like like how men work, right? As far as as far as like um, you know, centered around the war, right? There's like there's like an awesome moment I remember where like where she's shocked that like the the fighting is still continuing. She's mm-hmm. like, I don't understand. Like like the war is still going on. This should have stopped it. Why is it still happening? And right. Steve Trevor's like, maybe like maybe this is what we do. Right. Like maybe like maybe it's just maybe it's just us. Mm. And like like I like that. I think like that's the those are the spots where I think Gal Gadot is so good at it. Right. Because it's like it's she's believable and she's passionate. But you you get that. You get her confusion, but also but it doesn't come off as like unintelligent at all, which I think is like like a really, really awesome balance to hit. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Yeah, it totally doesn't come off as like naive. It's like, oh, I just defeated war. Why isn't everyone hugging now? You know, Um, (laughs) it was very much like, no, we did everything that we set out to do. Why isn't this happening? Um, Yeah. So, you know, big ups to uh, Gal Gadot for actually selling that. Yeah, it's heartbreaking for her in that. Like, I mean, that's one of the that's one of the like favorite moments of the movie for me is, is like is that bit and also like her crossover into no man's land where right which i just love like like the the on the nose aspect of that that like here you have this <laughs> you know that right there's that patch of land in trench warfare where where nobody's going to get through because you're going to get gunned down and the one that makes it through it is wonder woman right right, <laughs> right. yeah you know yeah. like like i love that and I do think that that and this is one spot where I'll give props to Chris Pine, because I think Chris Pine is is re- really, really good at Steve Trevor. And I, I love the lasso of truth moment where I think this is this is a scene where. That can come off so silly easily, and I love the way that he's playing it, where like he's. He's trying to fight it, but he's compelled to like, but you know what I mean? It's just like it's all coming out at the same moment. We're like. I want to not say these things. I can't stop saying it. I'm incredibly confused as to why this is happening. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Right. And like, he's, he's wonderful in that scene. I think that's just me though, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris Pine's always great. Yes. Yeah. He's very good in that. Yeah. Yeah. He redeemed uh, Steve Trevor for me. I'm, I'm actually as big of wonder woman fan as I am. I'm not a big fan of Steve Trevor. Mm. For so many okay. reasons. Yeah, he's less than ideal. I mean, oh come, let's let's get into it. Uh, <laughs> he's not Lois. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's not Lois, right? No, he's not. Right, he's really not Lois. It's like you can see why Superman gravitates towards Lois. Like she's she's magnetic. Right. Steve Trevor's just a guy. You know, he's just a dude. It's right. like. There's nothing inspiring about him. And then also, like, you know, with. How can I put this in a good way? Um, <clears throat> we didn't quite have the language for certain things a few years ago. And now it's mm-hmm. like you look at Wonder Woman, this character who comes from an island full of women. And we know that there's so many. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's so many different degrees of sexuality nowadays right mm-hmm. so many more mm-hmm. ways to interpret different people's sexuality mm-hmm. and it's like she just chooses this guy <laughs> to be like right. her one and only yeah and it's just like right uh, it's just so boring she picks she picks literally the first the first man she ever lays right. eyes on. Yep. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you, yeah. you're the one, you're the chosen one. And it's right. just like, Oh, come on. It's like, personally, I think wonder woman would be, uh, just 
I think she would be pansexual just personally right. where like she mm-hmm. just, she sees the person. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I'm sorry. I just don't see Steve Trevor is in that <laughs> right. anything. Right. Like mm-hmm. my eyes just roll whenever I see him. Devon, have you seen the, the brave of the bold open with wonder woman? <laughs> no. Cause you, no. you, Frank, you, you went right to where I was going <laughs> <laughs> because Go it's, because it's an, it's an open with with you know with uh, the brave and the bold uh, the Batman okay. teaming up with Wonder Woman Batman and, and Steve Trevor are are chained to these missiles and and Batman of course is going to like find a way to get out of it and Steve Trevor's not worried about it because why <laughs> he know because he 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 knows who's going to come save him right and then you know you know Wonder Woman does this whole thing with uh, I can't remember the character's name it's it's a, the, a Nazi a blonde Nazi woman they get into it. Um, Anyway, she of course saves Chief Trevor, and the, the the end tag bit is Batman being like, "What does she see in that guy?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we'll have to look and see if we can we can attach it to the episode because it's it's okay. definitely a, a moment of just not yeah he does Batman's like I don't get this either this makes no sense. <laughs> uh, yeah. well, it, it's funny that you mentioned it because I watch superhero girls right, mm. and they introduce Steve Trevor. Mm-hmm. And it, the, the particular episode I'm thinking about, he's, she starts off as showing how amazing she is. Whatever she decides right. to do, she excels plus some. So yeah. for her friends, um, Batgirl, um, Green Lantern, Supergirl, they're all praising her. And then all of a sudden, uh, uh, Steve Trevor enters the room and she just stares at him. And the whole joke is... <laughs> What do you see in them? Mm. And, it, and, it's, and, it's, and it's hilarious as to how it, it how they finally pull her away from pull him pull take him away from her gaze. But they right. make a whole episode as to why, and it and it's mm. still and they really answer it. They just know that he has to be out of the pictures for for her to do her best, which is hilarious. <laughs> ah, right. It's I mm. mean, but it's so funny that it like that, like so many people have that same opinion about it mm-hmm. and i just think yeah you're not alone i think mm-hmm. i think like i feel like as far as the storytelling goes like we're still figuring him out right because i feel like again like if it's reversed right and it's a story centered <laughs> centered on we're still figuring him out after 80 years <laughs> yes right. that's the problem yes <laughs> but it's like yes. I, I feel like if it's a story centered around around a male protagonist, right? Like the male has to be strong, has to be assertive, has to be right. Like all these traits in order to make them a believable, likable, strong character. Right. And then you flip it. And then it's sort of like, like, well, he can't be too much any of those things because then it's like, why isn't it his story? Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like it kind of negates like, well, if he's super capable, like why does he need wonder woman? But it's mm. like, but it's a Wonder Woman story. Like she has to be the focus. And I feel like we're still trying to figure out, like, how do we make him like not a pushover, but where he needs her help? You <laughs> well, know what I, I mean? Does that this, make sense? No, no I, I get what you're saying. And to me, it's it's a conundrum because at the same talk, we want him to be good, but we don't want him to be Superman. He could be good, right. but mm, we don't want yeah. him to be Batman because both were at one point. Uh, object of her affection that they try to push but it just doesn't come off correct and I hate to say but well for lack of a better analogy it gives me Jay-Z Beyonce vibes (laughs) oh because love (laughs) Jay-Z we'll see where this goes love Jay-Z but I don't think he's good enough for her (laughs) you know and and it's and it's and and Based upon what they've shown us to the public, it didn't make me feel any better in that decision-making process. So (laughs) maybe it's a societal thing. Maybe it's me personally, but it, it, I think we'll constantly have that struggle based upon how great she is. Like, because they put her on this pedestal that Mm. is, it almost feels unattainable to, because anybody, can you think of anyone? That you could imagine seeing that would be, yeah, that that, that makes sense. It, just as the DC universe. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I mean, was thinking, I was going to ask the question too, because like we know they, I mean, in the comic, in the animated series, they they pair her up somewhat with Batman. 
Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. in the comics after that, they pair some up with Superman and like none of those quite felt satisfying either. So it's a tricky one. Not to me, mm-hmm. at least yeah. personally <laughs> speaking. I'm not speaking mm-hmm. for anyone else on that, but personally not satisfying. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, part of it is, I think also the fact that, you know, she is a creature of myth. Like she is, she is removed from, you know, normal, like, like when, when Devon was saying that he's just a guy. Well, yeah, I mean, she's, she's, she's literally from the gods. So therefore it's kind of a, you know, you need someone a little more than just a guy to do, to be, to be, you know, but again, I, I agree with Devon and the also the same, same idea that, um, I don't think her of all the, you know, of all those three of them, I don't think limiting her choices to just a guy is what is, <laughs> is what is something that should be still going on in, 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 in where we are now. Right. Right. Like, I, I don't, I definitely don't think that should be anything that would be like, Oh, well, you know, she couldn't possibly, you know, explore, like you said, you know, the, the idea of she sees the person and that's, that's perfectly who she wants to be with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that's, I love that's that perfect. Take. Yeah. I think so too. Not me, but I don't think DC will ever do it. No, no I agree. No, I, that's the other I thing. Agree. They won't. But, but, but it's interesting to see that they did that with Harley. True. They that's did. What, that's mm-hmm. what, yeah, that's what I'm like. Mm, you never know. It depends on um, who's writing the story. I think, though, I think the fans made that decision for Harley, though. You know what I mean? Because I think the fans were way ahead on that with Harley and Ivy before DC was. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, because right. they. Because there's definitely you know? a push to there was definitely a push to move the goalposts on what her origin was for sure, and the idea that oh, it wasn't time. that you know it wasn't so much that she was pushed as so much as she chose, you know, to be who she was. You know, they that, that was something that was like in other media and then came back to the comics, I believe. Mm. So, but no, I agree. With yeah, you. but I don't want her going through the same. I don't want to see woman woman abused by Steve Trevor in order for her to make that decision. <laughs> <laughs> Again, yeah. but again, that's that is the difference between Steve Trevor and the Joker. There are, two, you know, there's a right. there's a, a body, a higher, a much higher body count on one side than the other. Yes. So yes, yes, one's one's you know. uh, yeah, one's undoubtedly a piece of and crap. I, and I do, I do think with Fifty Two, there was a push to make him like their Nick Fury for a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, they definitely tried with like the the what's the 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 he was with him being part of like either a DEO or whatever part of the Check, you know whatever checkmate. Was it maybe? I don't remember for sure. But uh-huh. he was like, you know, there's a lot of stuff with like um, the artifact. Well, so some early storyline with Jeff Johns and Jim Lee that had something to do with like artifacts of the DCU that was kept. To, like, it was almost like the end of Raiders where there was just a big <laughs> warehouse. Right, with, right. Was, it, was it Argus? Know, that's it. And it's Argus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There was a huge push. So again, they were trying to make him be much more palatable for, you know, her, I guess. Mm-hmm. But still, it fell flat. Didn't work. I think that's kind of part of it too. It's like every take is sort of different on him. Yeah. And it's like, there's no, there's no like core truth to who Steve Trevor is. He's just right. He's just the guy that Wonder Woman likes and that's mm. all there is to his character. Yeah. And- it's like Wonder <laughs> Woman may not have a battle cry. Like the, the thing has, uh, mm-hmm. it's clobber in time. But if she did, it would be get behind me, Steve. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Nice. And he'd be like, all right, Angel. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. So let's let's start getting into your into your picks, Devon, your recommended reading. But first, if you like the show, you can check out all of our episodes on YouTube and let me know how it Just please, however you find us, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. And finally, if you have any topic suggestions, you can send them our way on Twitter or in the comments. Our Twitter handles are show's initials, L-M-K-H-I-I. All right. So what do you got for us? You got six stories, you said? Yeah, I got six. Okay. Um, so the first one is Wonder Woman Volume 2, uh, number 219. And that's by Greg Rucka, uh, Carl Kershaw, David Lopez, and Rags Morales. Um, it is sacrifice. And it is the issue where Wonder Woman, due to the villainous Maxwell Lord uh, taking possession of Superman, she has to make a choice. And it is a brutal choice that she has to make. But she knows that she's also the only one who can make this choice. 
Um, and the choice ultimately is a final one, a very final one. Well, as final as you can get in comics. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that it's like probably her most defining moment of maybe the last 50 plus years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you get your hands on that one, um, uh, you're going to see a lot of what wonder woman, uh, number two should have been, um, but wasn't mm-hmm. right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, so that's one. This was a, this was a controversial one too. I remember, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, it was at the time. This was, this was one that, this is one that if you went to the your local comic store, uh, people would argue about this one because some yeah. people, right, really thought that yeah, th- she wasn't thought as lethal back then, right? Like no. She was yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but now that's kind of become the the norm where it's like Wonder Woman is willing to take the kill shot, even though she is yeah. a she's willing. <laughs> it's kind of like how Peacemaker says. You know, I'm willing to kill for peace, but Wonder Woman, Mm -hmm. it's not ironic with her. It's like, right. This is not a place I would like to go, but in the name of peace, I will go there. I mean, the other thing about about her is that, you know, yes, she'll go there. And yeah, I remember Mm -hmm. at the time you definitely feel the way of the choice and what happens. Mm -hmm. But there's also that moment with with Diana that happens a lot, which is, listen, I'm giving you the open hand first. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm giving you an opportunity to listen and not do this. And so many times, obviously, because it's conf- you know, we have it's comic books and we need conflict that they're like, you know, you know, F you. I mean, I'm doing what I want to do. And she's like, All right, I tried to give you an open hand. Right. Now I'm about to give you my closed fist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. It's it's an important book for the character, I think, because because like you guys were saying, I think, yeah, up until this point. You know, her being an Amazon and her being trained in warfare was always a part of her character, but I don't think people really thought about what that means. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, we see how many pinups of Wonder Woman do you see with her and an edged weapon? Like mm. since then, yeah. a lot. What do we think that does now? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, what do we think that does? She has training to do to 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 take matters to a certain point, mm-hmm. uh, given, you know, uh, given the need for it. And I think also um, like like Greg Rucka, I think had a really interesting point about this where he was, he was talking about how some of the characters see violence and how he was like, Superman sees like wants to avoid it all at all costs. Right. And Batman mm-hmm. sees violence as like a tool. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonder Woman. He was like, Wonder Woman is one of those things where like she avoids it if she can, but if she has to go there, she makes it as brutal and as fast as possible, <laughs> right? Because she knows, like, this is something that, like, like people can die from this. Right. And she looks at it that way. Like, she, she understands violence in that way, that, that there's consequences for it, you know? But, and I'll go there if I need to, but I don't want to have to go there ever. Right. You yeah, know? Absolutely. Yeah. But I do, think, I do think, as you said, that book is important, but I also feel like it's one of those things where ever since we had that book, um, and we talked about it a little before in other episodes, Devon, the idea that um, they've made a real effort to make sure that she has a sword and or shield in her hand ever since then, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's like one of those things where, like you said, you know, I, I, I don't really know why Wonder Woman needs a sword and shield when she could pick a tank up. Right. <laughs> so exactly. That switch to me has been weird. Yeah. So. It's true. Yeah. Superman doesn't have a, have a sword. Or no. she doesn't need to. No, doesn't need he to. Has his fists. Wonder Woman right. has her fists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plus, uh, you know, you know. I, I guess I don't know. Maybe you tell me I'm wrong. Um, but the sword and shield is a good way to show motion, much much like a, a cape is a good way to show motion. So if she's swinging mm. something, she's doing mm. something other than just being defensive with the uh, with the bracelets. Okay. Plus, it's kind of a cool visual. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's my no, take I, on it. No, I'm just saying. I just say this one things where we. I remember at one point we were trying to tree it back to its source, the idea of where that came from, and it's it's for me. It's either that issue or it's the Kingdom Come stuff where she's got the armor, right, and then yeah. a, like a spear or whatever. But it definitely yeah. was a push, like you said, it was a push to give her something more to do than block stuff and then occasionally throw punches. Yeah, yeah. I do think it makes the rest of the costume make sense too, though, right? Like if she's wearing that the the armor of her Amazon days, right? It seems to make sense that she would have those weapons that she trained with. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I can argue myself in and out of it. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. All right. So what's uh story number two? Really really quick, because we love lists on this show. Okay. Do you have these do you have these ranked in any way uh, or is it just no, no just like <laughs> personal <laughs> favorites. Got it. Number two. Uh, Wonder Woman, the Hikatea by Greg Rucka again. Yeah. And J.G. Jones is the artist. Uh, and the basic premise of it is uh, a young woman escapes from uh, from uh, what was it? Help me out. Can you help me out, Frank? I'm trying to remember. Gotham City, right? A, from Gotham she, City. Yeah. Yeah. So she, she had been was, so yeah. right from sex trafficking. Um, right. And she escapes from sex trafficking from Gotham City. And she shows up to Wonder Woman's doorstep. And at the time, Wonder Woman was the ambassador for the Miss, the Miss, uh, the Miss Thank you. I can never You're pronounce welcome. that. Paradise, it's Paradise Island, Devon. Paradise Island. There we go. That's what we're going to call it. Uh, she was the ambassador and she asked for asylum. And she right. does this whole ceremony called the Hikatea, where you become basically that person's ward. And mm-hmm. so Batman travels from Gotham and is like, this woman create, uh, committed a crime in Gotham. I want her back. And Wonder Woman is like, do you not know I'm Wonder Woman? <laughs> and that's the whole story. Um, and it's all about how this whole thing gets reconciled at the end. And it's absolutely right. one of my favorites. It's a great one. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, the next one I got up is Wonder Woman by George Perez, Volume 1. That's also mm-hmm. in print right now. And it is written and drawn by absolutely, if not one of the, maybe, probably the greatest comics artist of all time. And I'm not just saying this because of the unfortunate news that we got about him a couple weeks back. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just, my God, he literally changed the way I think we all saw Wonder Woman. Uh, she wasn't just like sort of generic anymore. Um, she had, she had muscles all of a sudden. She had curves. Um, he gave her texture, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. he came in and he reconciled all of the the mythology within uh her pantheon and made it interesting and not just lip service um or people that she or gods that she would shout out whenever there was something going on they actually had uh personality they had motivations and they weren't always good to her and i love that he he basically kind of gave her a world to work within as opposed to her having to work outside of the world that she was used to. So yeah, that's uh that's my third choice. All right. It's a good one too. All right. And the next one is the newest. Well, not the newest, it's the second to newest uh on this list. Um it's fairly recent. It's called Wonder Woman Dead Earth by uh Daniel Warren Johnson. And it is a post-apocalyptic story. And I know that we do this a lot. And I think everybody's <laughs> a little tired of post-apocalyptic. <laughs> but this is a good one, in my opinion. Um, so don't let that turn you off. Um, so essentially what happens in this one, Wonder Woman is, she awakens from a centuries-long sleep. and the earth has been decimated and the book basically asks this question of what do you do when your mission of love and peace has failed? And maybe it's failed because of you. Mm-hmm. And that was a really great take on the whole thing. And it's the artwork is, is and the writing is brutal, but it needs to be. And it is a brutalist take on Wonder Woman. And I really enjoyed it. 
It's written and drawn by Daniel Warren Johnson. Written and drawn by Daniel Warren Johnson. I'm yep. familiar with his art. I've not read anything that he's written, but his art I know is like, it's so kinetic and like so crazy. Like you can definitely see a post-apocalyptic take in that style. Oh yeah. No, he's, he does some really good work. I have not read it, Devon. It's one of the things where, I, you know, it's on a list of a very long list of things to read. <laughs> right. But, but, and it's, you know, as tired as people are of the idea of the post-apocalyptic whatever, um, as we talked before, like this is one of those stories that I'm like, I'm amazed that hasn't been done with her before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. Wonder Woman hasn't had a quote unquote um, Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. But this right. is as close as you're going to get to it, though. Okay. Like a dark mm-hmm. sort of Wonder Woman story. And yeah, it's I just really liked it. I really, really okay. liked it. Um, and then the last one is recent came out, uh, two weeks ago, I believe, uh, Wonder Woman Historia, number one, um, by Kelly Sue DeConnick, Phil Jimenez and colors by Hi-Fi Coloring and others. And I mentioned the colorists because the colorists really make this book pop. Um, it is a new, another take on Wonder Woman's origins. but it's told more through the gods and Hippolyta and the Amazons. Um, and it's just, it's lyrical, it's beautiful to look at, and I'm just super impressed with it. It's in, a, it's in from the Black Label imprint from DC Comics, um, which has kind of taken over from where Vertigo used to be. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot more cerebral. It's a lot more storytelling driven as opposed to, okay, villain of the month. Um, It's just a gorgeous piece of work. You can tell Kelly Sue and Phil Jimenez basically poured their hearts into this thing. You can tell in every line, every page. Um, I think it's, it's supposed to be three issues. And I think that this is probably going to be a, career defining work for both of them and also i think it might actually be a a new classic that we're getting our hands on here nice yeah oh wow so that's all six that's all that's great to hear yeah that's great to hear i i yeah i um this is awesome because this is this is all mostly new to me i think the one the, the one of of these that i have read is the first one you brought up mm-hmm. um from around uh, that was that was that was from when um, fifty two was gonna start right. up and I and Infinite Crisis and all of that right. stuff from around that stunt. So yeah, two, it was the countdown to Infinite Crisis, right? Two thousand six, two thousand seven. That was the one that yeah. I that I that mm-hmm. I've read. Um, so this is exciting for me because this is you know I I've not had a chance like I've I've gotten to know the character through other things other than really just reading comics. The number of Wonder Woman comics I've read is really quite small it's you know it's this and the brian azarello stuff from new 52 mm-hmm. um which is also good stuff too um that, that was you know if i remember back to the new 52 days in 2011 like that that was the book that really head and shoulders was the one that everyone was like no no, no that's the one to read right is wonder woman mm-hmm. um which is exciting so it's cool it's cool that uh that you know it seems like dc from just the fear fact the sheer fact that you have like two really recent pieces on here um that's exciting to me yeah that's super exciting to me because i because you know i feel like that they're starting to steer uh steer towards her maybe finally learning their lesson you know <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> finally realizing what they have yeah. it yeah. only took 80 years yeah. <laughs> right right <laughs> <laughs> just, just a short 80 years yeah. almost a century no big mm-hmm. deal yeah because i think that this is also a response to uh, the Wonder Woman movie doing as well as it has been. And also mm-hmm. because during the 75th anniversary of Wonder Woman, they really didn't do a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I just have a real quick question for Devon. Mm-hmm. Based upon the stories that you've read, how do you feel of the current take of Wonder Woman and where they're projecting the character now? Like currently, if I'm not sure if any of you guys are aware of it, but Batman's leaving Gotham. Um, Superman's leaving Earth, in which they're leaving their um, their older occupations, their duties, to a new generation. 
the same is being done for for Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. How do you feel on the future of the character inside DC Universe? Because a lot of what you mentioned, much of the current stories that you enjoyed were black labels in which it's it's a retelling or a, a tale taken out of the DC Universe in which the potential of the character could be in this setting. But mm-hmm. what's currently represented in the DC Universe, what what's your feel about the future of the character? You know what I feel really good about? the future of Wonder Woman and the Wonder Woman. And that's the thing. We have to start thinking of Wonder Woman as a franchise, same way yep. that we think of uh, Batman yep. and Spider-Man as a franchise, because mm-hmm. Wonder Woman's got a deep bench. Like, yeah. there's, uh, let's see, there are two Wonder Girls right now, Cassie Sands, Mark, mm-hmm. and uh, the new uh, Wonder Girl that's from... In the Joelle Jones series, mm-hmm. um, we have Nubia, who mm-hmm. also has a mini series right now, and is also the current acting queen of uh, Paradise Island. Um, mm-hmm. We have Donna Troy. Um, we have Hippolyta, who just wrapped up um, being a member of the Justice League, um, and we also have Artemis, who is also out there right now. And mm-hmm. I believe that she is the feature of the current backup feature of the current uh, Wonder Woman run. Any right. one of those women could be Wonder Woman. The Amazon Artemis. Yes. The, the Amazon, Amazon Artemis. Artemis. Not, yes. not to be confused with the young Justice Archer. Thank Artemis. you. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, any one of those women have been and could be Wonder Woman. Not to say that like Diana is just like, you know replaceable but the fact that wonder woman's uh supporting cast has become so strong that i feel comfortable enough that if they take diana off the board i still want to read it speaks so much to like how strong uh wonder woman as a concept has become over the years yeah and and you know I think that they have DC has a stunt waiting for them should mm-hmm. they ever take Diana off the board. And that's the bullets and bracelets as, you know, the competition to crown who the next Wonder Woman is going to be. You mm-hmm. do that in 12 issues, I yep. say, and just make that the definitive, the huge stunt for the summer that DC is doing a la Blackest Night or Final Crisis or whatever else that they, ha- you know, that they have going on. You know, I yep. think. I think that that would be really, really awesome to do a one woman centric event, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And they, they are, um, with, uh, fallen Amazons that's, uh, mm-hmm. actually going through all of the one wonder woman family of books. So, yeah. So good stuff. A lot of cool stuff to be excited about down the road. Uh, for sure. Devon, I want to thank you for coming onto the show. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Devon Sanders. That's it. D-E-V-O-N-S-A-N-D-E-R-S. Okay, awesome. Well, don't be a stranger. You have an open invitation anytime to come back. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, this is awesome. So thanks for being here. As always, we'll post links and examples to everything we talk about on LetMeKnowHowItIs.com. Just please remember to like us and follow us on social media. And we will see you guys next time. Have a good week.